As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348 With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. to the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross, alongside Wes Reynolds. We are here at South Point Casino in fabulous Las Vegas. Wes, we have a great show on tap for today on a Tuesday. Well, that means we're going to have our guy, the king of New York, Will Hill, is going to join us later on this hour. Talk all things Major League Baseball, certainly NBA playoffs and beyond. As those Metropolitans, Will's had a pretty good team to cover there with the Mets and the Yankees streaking as of late, although the Mets dropped one last night. Second hour, we're going to have Sean Brace is going to join us from Philadelphia. And what an interesting draft the Eagles had. And then, of course, everything going on with Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers as they dropped game one last night to Miami. So we'll catch up with Sean in hour number two. So let's start right there with Philadelphia against Miami last night in game number one. And after leading at the half, the 76ers fall in the second half. Miami gets that win, 106-92. The under cashes those tickets. And certainly if you had Miami laid the points, you cash those tickets as well. The takeaways from that game are, are a couple for me. But one certainly would be James Harden. Mm-hmm. So if you are looking at Philadelphia and Doc Rivers and trying to handicap them going forward, and we saw other series in the first round, certainly the Minnesota series, uh, comes to mind against Memphis, kind of felt like back and forth. Will will this be a back and forth affair 
if this is the best James Harden Philadelphia can get. You know, probably not. And by the way, he was 5 of 13, 16 points, 9 rebounds. Uh, the co-leading rebounder, if James Harden is the co-leading rebounder for this team, oh, this boy. is going to be a very short series. Uh, Big Ball Paul did have 9 rebounds off the bench, so I'll go with my first takeaway is, why is Doc Rivers starting DeAndre Jordan? And mm. then he doubled down on it after the game and said, well, we don't care what you think. We're going to start him again. I'm like, then you're going to be down by 10 after the first quarter there yet again, go. just like you were last night. So, yeah, and DeAndre Jordan, look, 17 minutes, gave you four points and two rebounds. They just don't have any size down low, so that's why they have to go with uh, big ball Paul Reed. And, you know, he's been a nice reserve off the bench, but the Sixers kind of are forced without Embiid to have to go small. I think that that's really their best alternative because you look at last night and just look at the basic stats of the game and, and not even really going too deep inside the numbers. Miami didn't really shoot the ball very well. Miami no. was only nine of 36 from three point range last night, 25%. Philly though was even worse. Six of 34 Philly actually shot better from two point range, uh, made one more foul shot. The foul shots were pretty even, but Really what decided this game were Miami on the boards. Yeah. Miami, you know, just watching bits and pieces of that game because I was flipping around between that and the hockey that started last night. The There's Stanley a lot Cup of things playoffs. going on last yeah, night. Yeah, there were a lot of things going on all <laughs> across the total media from Washington, D.C. <laughs> to the Met Gala in New York City. But there are a lot of things going on. But one thing that wasn't going on was rebounding for Philadelphia. They got out-rebounded by 10 I looked and I saw Miami only had 15 offensive rebounds. I would have thought just based on what I watched, they had about 20 or 25 right. last night. But that was really, I think, the key for for the Miami Heat is that they were able to get second chance opportunities. Uh, uh, Bam Adebayo was really the star of stars, yeah, 24 and 12. So when you don't have anybody down low, you're already shorthanded with that Embiid. They had nobody to answer him. And then Tyler Hero was the hero, 25 points off the bench last night. So... I have the heat in the series at a much better open um, number than it opened before the Embiid was ruled out, at least indefinitely. We know he's going to be out for the next game, mm -hmm. at least before maybe he clears the concussion protocol. Mm -hmm. We have no idea really about the thumb and whatnot because he took the elbow from, uh, I believe it was uh, Siakam, Siakam. Yeah. In, in game six in the uh, first round series at Toronto. So I think j just looking at this Philadelphia, they have to make shots. You have to make threes. You can't make six threes and beat no. this team, especially they had an off shooting night. And, and that's just, what's amazing about it. You look at the numbers. It's like, okay, Miami won the game. They won easily. They, did. they ended up winning by 14 here and really pulling away in the fourth quarter. So, uh, Philadelphia is uh, very much a hurt and we don't want to overreact. I think to one game, but I just, Doc Rivers has got to not be so stubborn. You can't put DeAndre Jordan out there to start. The no, game. this isn't, you know, Dunk City 2014 L.A. Clippers. And it mm -hmm. seems like, look, I get it with loyalty, and that's your guy from back in the day in L.A. But right now, without Joel Embiid, and certainly will not have him for game two, you need Maxie to play a little bit better, too. He only had 19. But, again, my – I look at James Harden and I go, okay, well, he looked pretty good in the closeout game. So he thought, all right, maybe Harden's starting to find his way mm -hmm. back. And I keep hearing different theories out there about Harden. One, well, it's the hamstring. You know, he's just not the same guy because of the hammy. Two, he's just out of shape. Well, my thing, my third concern would be if this is fully healthy James Harden, then you have a bigger problem on your hands. If this is, if this is full go James Harden and this is the best he can go, and you don't have Joel Embiid, 
all of a sudden, this is going to get really dicey if it goes back to Philadelphia, yeah. no, no Joel, and this is the best that James Harden can give because you. Because if you've looked down the stretch, uh, you know, everybody, Embiid's the one, Harden's the two, nice one-two punch. Harden's not even the number two. It's really it's either Tyrese Maxey yeah. or it's Tobias Harris. Tobias mm-hmm. Harris, by the way, led all scorers with 27 last night. And I think James Harden's presence has made them better just because it's opened up the floor a little bit more for them because you got to account for the beard. Mm -hmm. So it's helped Harris and it's helped Tyrese Maxey and Tyrese Maxey, you know, is not bashful. He's emerging. I think is a really big time player for this team, uh, more than willing to just drive it right to the basket, not bashful, despite the fact only being a second year player, but you do need at least a little bit more out of James Harden going forward. I don't think you need the old Houston Rockets days where, you know, he's taking 30 shots and and all that stuff, but you need him, I think, to produce at least a little bit more without Embiid. And when you have seven and a half is what the number closed at. And again, Philadelphia led by one at the break, but easily in the second half. Felt like it was never really in jeopardy as Miami goes on to the 14-point win. Very quickly for game two, how do you think the the, the books are going to react to what they saw in game one? Do you think the number will be similar? And I'm assuming that over-under, that total probably going to come down just to skosh. Yeah, and, and, and look, I think that this is probably going to be, and I'm glad you brought that up, pretty slow pace last night in yeah. this game at night. 92.1. So you got to think at least with them beat out that that is going to continue. We already have seen at least a little bit of a bump here. Uh, eight and a half right now at BetMGM, I believe nine in some other markets. Uh, total dipping down 207, 207 and a half. Yep. And, you know, you saw what was it, 209 pregame last night. So that's what you see, like when you get uh, pretty convincing under, you know, point and a half, two point adjustment. So that looks about right based on what we've seen. But uh, uh, eight and a half, uh, look, I, and I tried it with Philadelphia last night. I don't know if I'm going to do it again. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to lay Miami. I'm sure people will try to come back on that zigzag. But we know that zigzag long term is only about 50%. There you go. And, you know, in the playoffs. So if you're doing 50% trying to beat the 11 to 10, you're actually losing money. So, yeesh, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Philadelphia. You know, we, we think maybe Embiid. They come back in game three, although nothing's really been announced by that, but we know he's out for game two. But if they don't get him back sooner or later, this is going to be very light work for the Miami Heat. Yeah, it was a dismal second half there. And again, only 94 total points. So, you know, it's like I want to try to potentially come back in on the over in game two, but where's that score going to come from? It's going to have to come from Harden. Again, if you're only giving 16 points for mm-hmm. James Harden, uh, that's not going to be good enough. And only 19 for Maxi last night. So certainly they're going to have to figure out how to pick up the scoring that Joel Embiid uh, does not have when he'd be out for and the rebound and the rebound. Sure. Let's look uh, out West last night to what happened between uh, Phoenix and Dallas. And when you have your star of stars going for 45, 12 and eight, and that's Luka Doncic. And you can't cover the number. Now, they almost got there. Dallas mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. got that proverbial backdoor cover, but they didn't get it as uh, Booker knocks down a couple free throws here. And that total hits. Uh, it goes over that posted total. You see 214.5. So Phoenix gets the money, 121-114. The total goes over. It felt like Phoenix was in total command from the 9-0 start to the game and really never headed from there, what'd you, what's your biggest takeaway from game one? Yeah, it was 96-79 after the third, and then Dallas actually did get inside the number. Mm-hmm. Late foul, Booker hits both, and then Dallas misses, so that ends up being on seven. Phoenix probably did deserve to cover the game. Uh, not a really quick pace either to this game. Yeah. 94.9, just really good shot making. 
and that's what it was on both sides. And you look at Dallas here, you say, you know, what Luca did, but to also make 16 threes, 16 to 39, actually made five more than Phoenix. Phoenix, I think, was 11 of 28 from the three. So you outdistance him by 15 from the three-point line, and you still can't cover the number as well. And the reason why is because the Mavs, you know, don't have a lot of size, and right. Phoenix absolutely exploited them last night, 51 to 36 on the rebounds. And it, it really wasn't a dominant rebounding performance from everybody. It was a team rebounding. Crowder had eight. Aiden had eight. Bridges had seven. CP3 had five. Devin Booker had nine. Cameron Johnson had five. So it wasn't like, you know, when you get that big of a rebounding edge, you're always thinking, okay, somebody had like 19 or 20 rebounds, but you didn't really see it last night. And, and look, I just thought that Phoenix very balanced in terms of scoring all five and double figures. Cam Johnson with 17 off the bench. Uh, Luca was kind of the one man show here uh, with 45 and you've got to be at least a little bit disappointed with the Mavericks because you thought maybe that first series was a little bit of a turning point, especially for like a Jalen Brunson, right. six of 16 13. for 13 last night, Spencer Dinwiddie now playing less minutes off the bench with Luca being back, but only eight points in 30 minutes. So that's what the Mavericks have to do. And they made 16 threes and still didn't cover, but that's how they got by Utah. Sure. They just went absolutely nuts from the three in Utah. I think not as good, good defensively clearly as Phoenix is. So, uh, Phoenix uh, out to a very good start uh, in this series, but we know New Orleans gave them a tussle, so I don't think necessarily that the Mavericks are going away. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think it's going to be a a longer series, even though Phoenix did look up pretty dominant pillar to post yesterday. And again, game two right now, we're seeing some numbers right around 6 and 216. Uh, for game number two here. Yeah, not a, not a real big adjustment, no. at least uh, from the point spread per sector, because Dallas, I think, got the early money, and it closed six, mm-hmm. six and a half, depending on your number. So about the same total has been adjusted up. I may at least initial first glance lean to the under, because That's when you have that kind yes. of scoring and you don't really have the pace to go along with that scoring, makes me think maybe some shooting regression comes next time. I'm picking up what you're putting down there for sure. When we come back to talk about the NBA playoffs and tonight's action and the cards that we see uh, for some possible value, come on back. It is the Lombardi line right here on these and these sports betting. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. 
so much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one 800 522-4700. Back alongside West Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on Beeson. We mentioned Game 1s last night and what we saw in our takeaways before we go ahead and look at Game 2. Let's talk about the Game 2 tonight, and it's a big one, certainly in the East, and that is Boston against Milwaukee. Now, the Bucks in Game 1, and you and I were doing the show together this weekend, boy, oh boy, Giannis was still with the triple-double. You go, wow, he was... He was Giannis, best player. You and I agree right now. It's it's his NBA, no matter who the MVP is. But really, he didn't have a great shooting night. So you don't have Chris Middleton. Giannis does everything, but really a very average pedestrian uh, scoring night for him. Would that be concern for you if you're Boston, that even though Giannis did have a triple-double, it wasn't even peak Giannis, and yet they still took game one? I think it's got to be a major concern because if you look, uh, 101-89, the final score in, in the first game, Milwaukee allowed Boston to only shoot 29% uh, two-point shooting. Uh, just just awesome defense by not only Giannis, but also Brooke Lopez. Mm-hmm. Every time these shots were contested, Boston just had absolutely no chance. You look at what Boston did from the three-point line. They won by six, 18 of 50 to 12 of 34. So you win by 18 points from the three, and you still lose by by 12, 101-89. It tells you how good the Bucks' defense was, the fact that they were able to force turnovers and get baskets in transition. This was actually the fastest pace that we've seen so far in the second round of the playoffs. It was 99.7. That is a good thing for Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee absolutely wants to get it more up and down the floor, and mm-hmm. the Celtics would much prefer a, a more half-court or oriented game, but... I think the probably it's going to continue. I know everybody wants to come back on the zigzag here with uh, the Boston Celtics, but I, I think Milwaukee, just the defense that they played, Boston's got to make major adjustments to be able to get better shots against these guys. Uh, 
Milwaukee team total went under game one. It could very well go under game two, even though they want to increase that pace a little bit. But it was Milwaukee's defense that really won the game. Uh, you know, we thought, okay, is it going to drop off offensively without Chris Middleton? But Grayson Allen, I think, has been able to He's make up well. at least a decent <laughs> amount. He's not been able to do it all by himself, but Grayson Allen, I think, has carried a you know pretty heard load off the bench. You know, being able to hit threes because he's a different type of player than Middleton. Middleton can go a little bit more freelance and hit some mid range shots and and drive to the middle. Grayson Allen out is out there basically to stretch the floor and hit threes, and he hit three of them on Sunday with eleven points. But Drew Holiday was big, uh, gave him more offensively, twenty five points. We know how good of a defender he is at the top, and he's going to make your defense good just on on his own. But when you have Giannis and Lopez and Bobby Portis sure. contesting these shots like they did in game one, Boston's going to have to find an answer, and they're going to have to find it very quickly. You know, it's mentioned, when you mentioned that the pace was good for scoring, right? <clears throat> but Milwaukee's defense was, it was elite level in game one. Would that lend you to say, all right, I see the total now is 216, that the pace will be there. Will there be any regression in the defense from Milwaukee that the scoring might be up? Is that maybe one way to handicap this line here when you look at the total of 216? There could be. I, I, as of now, I'm going to lay off this total because I want to see if Boston has the answer for what they saw defensively. Uh, you, you look, uh, I mean, because Boston didn't have a lot of resistance against right. the Brooklyn Nets. They were able to pretty much get what they want at the rim. They made 10 baskets inside the arc in a 48-minute NBA game Whoa. against the Boston Celtics. I mean, you're only shooting 45.5% at the rim. That is highly inefficient. Mm -hmm. So you've got to find a way to get easier baskets. I actually thought Boston played pretty solid defense in the first game. Bucks only had 1.031 points per possession and then .756 when they were in the half court. So Milwaukee, when they forced uh, some of those 18 turnovers that they did, were able to get out and transition, and that's how they were able to get easy buckets. But it wasn't like Milwaukee was really great in half court right. offense either. So do you have regression to the positive if you're looking for points? Very well could be, but the only thing I played, I went ahead and jumped in on Bucks series lane minus $1.30, and mm. it's about 130 140 I usually don't like to do that because there's always that, well, you could have got them better, you know, obviously before the start of series. Right. Well, yes, but sometimes a game does change results, and I don't like to be prisoner of the moment, but based on what I saw in game one, this is a big step up in class for the Boston Celtics who may have gotten a little bit too much respect for that sweep over the Brooklyn Nets in the first round. Again, Milwaukee was like plus uh, 240 before mm -hmm. this series began, right? So I I'm looking at it going, you gotta be like, I get it. The C's off the sweep of Brooklyn, but like you and I have talked about in other programs here, that was a closer series. It's like the closest sweep you're ever going to get because every game was pretty much single digits. The last game was the only one that Boston really felt like they were in control of. So to me, I'm right there with you. I feel like Milwaukee was kind of undervalued in the market to begin this series. And now I think we're getting those rightful prices. It, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, what Boston does to try to speed up their offense a little bit uh, to get more flow. Because again, you don't see them get uh, kind of stymied the way they were offensively in game one against Milwaukee. So let's see if the dictate, the defense dictates again for Milwaukee, if Boston get that offense going a little bit more in game number two, uh, let's go back out to the uh, West tonight for the Warriors and Grizzlies and arguably maybe the best game of the playoffs so far was game one between Golden State and Memphis as Golden State goes ahead and holds on for that. The victory is John Morant's layup just came up short here uh, at the gun. And now 
you look at it and you see that Golden State is a small favorite, again, on the road, point and a half. Now, they didn't cover the number in game one because Clay Thompson, a 90% free throw shooter, missed two free throws in the, in the final seconds of the game, which you don't expect to happen. So if you had the Grizzlies plus the points in game one, you cashed, but certainly money line, you came up a little bit short. There's two ways of thought here, Wes. One is, okay, the Grizzlies are right there with the Warriors. This is going to be a very interesting game, too. Maybe I'll play a money line plus $1.10. Or the other thought might be, uh-oh, they took Memphis's best shot, didn't have Draymond Green in the second half as he got kicked out, and yet they still won the game. Which side of that narrative street might you walk on? I'm a little bit more on the ladder, to be honest with you, because I think that that was such a golden opportunity for the Memphis Grizzlies, where you have Clay Thompson, who only shot 6-19, and had 15 points. Right. Steph Curry was not very efficient, <clears throat> made some big shots, but was only 8-20. Draymond Green, of course, got ejected, uh, and, and it was a soft ejection. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest about it. Uh, Draymond was commenting about that last night, too, and Jay Crowder uh, – got the flagrant foul. Oh. He goes, I've been thrown out for less, Jay. So uh, <laughs> he was uh, commenting and has been on his uh, podcast, of course. But so those things, are they going to happen again? And then Jaron Jackson Jr. did have 33 in game one, six of nine from the three-point line. So are you going to be able to count on that if you're Memphis? I don't necessarily think so. And look, People are going to try to maybe play the zigzag here because they're thinking, ah, oh, Memphis was right there, though. They were absolutely right there, kind of that first option you presented here. However, I talk about that zigzag being 50%, 16 and 19 so far this year against the numbers. So if you're playing that, you're not, you're, you're losing. You're, right. you're in the mid, like 40 percentage uh, points. But, uh, you know, Golden State had very poor shooting in game one, yet they still had 1.17 points per possession in that win. Uh, they really got to the rim on Memphis, went 25 or 36 at the rim. That's usually they designate those numbers with the in four feet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, despite having the smaller team, they were able to really uh, get their fair share of the rebounds because Draymond Green, you, you know, even though he's not a very big guy, does kind of help you get in rebounding. And they absolutely won the rebounding uh, battle over Memphis, which you wouldn't think would happen. So uh, Memphis did win the three-point advantage by about two. I think they were 16 of 40. Uh, pace, uh, 96.2 or excuse me, hundred point three was the pace on this game. So I actually think golden state would like to play a little bit slower mm. because if you look when they'd been above 96.2, I got this, uh, from our, our friend, Jeff Fogel who contributes here to the VEASAN. Oh, and two ATS when they're above 96.2 on a pace rating in the playoffs. But I think everything that went wrong could go wrong for golden state with their stars, not shooting well with Draymond getting kicked out. And all of a sudden, you know, yeah, they don't cover the number, but they get the win. I picked the Warriors in six before the series. I have no reason to deviate from that now. Yeah, kind of there with you. I, I look at it and say you took their best shot. You might have taken their heart a little bit in game one. It's going to be very interesting emotionally how Memphis rebounds after mm -hmm. that one because I'm sure that's one that they felt like really got away. Right, because they were able to do it against Minnesota because Minnesota was in the same boat that Memphis was. Right. Not a lot of playoff experience, kind of a little bit of erratic play, get up and down, going to take bad shots, going to mm -hmm. turn the ball over and make mistakes. This is a Golden State team that's not going to comply with doing No, that. been there, done that, Golden State. So this is kind of what they do uh, with some, maybe some of these younger teams. So Memphis, uh, it, I think they're going to be up against it a little bit here. But again, they are getting a point and a half in game two tonight. That total of 227 and a half. We'll talk more about that uh, throughout the program. But when we come back, I do want to get some thoughts on the NFL draft. 
how it's affected some of those futures markets out there, specifically in the NFC. Come on back. It is the Lombardi Line right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Spring special is here for only $59. You get everything VEASAN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the biz right here at VEASAN.com. And subscribers are going to have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets. Jonathan Von Tobel is going to have his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil is going to break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're going to have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, and the Kentucky Derby betting guide. If you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bet email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through july 31st so sign up now at vcin.com slash spring back alongside west reynolds i am dave ross this is the lombardi line right here on vcin the nfl draft in our fair city has come and gone i think we put our best foot forward our best foot forward las vegas nicely done and now that the dust is starting to settle a little bit we've seen some other moves off the field that might have as big a factor in some of these changes we've seen in future numbers than we just saw from just the NFL draft. And I want to start off with one team in particular. That is the Arizona Cardinals. Right now, their number to win the NFC, it stood about April 22nd. That's not that long ago, about a week and a half ago, at plus 1,500. Now, plus 2,000. Well, a lot of things have transpired since then. They make a trade, a draft day trade, for Hollywood Brown. Okay, they gave a first round pick for him. I don't know if they did that knowing right. what was going to happen to DeAndre Hopkins that all of a sudden he's going to be out for the first six games of the season. But he's gone with a banned substance. I want to read you a quote from Hopkins. He said, quote, I was confused and shocked. I'm very mindful of what I put in my body and I've always taken a, ho- uh, a holistic approach. So I am working with my team to investigate how this could have happened. But. Maybe he's going. Is he going with the uh, Canelo Alvarez excuse of uh, tainted carnitas? The uh, contaminated meat. But he went on to say this quote. But even as careful as I have been, clearly I wasn't careful enough. For that, I apologize to the Cardinals fans, my teammates, the entire Cardinals organization. I never want to let my team down. I fully intend to get to the bottom of this. As soon as I have more information, I will share it. It's amazing to me that the athletes today in 2022 do the same thing. Yeah. I I am very mindful about what I put in my body, but I have no idea how this got into my body. So for that, I apologize. He is establishing a blue ribbon committee or a blue ribbon panel to uh, figure out what has happened. Could be working uh, around the clock. Yeah, how this uh, got into his body. But uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, Hollywood Brown is now going to have to be. He's going to be uh, the number one receiver, the main now. receiver because uh, look, I did not like that deal. And I came on the air here and said, I thought that they gave up a little bit too much for a guy that, you know, only runs about two routes. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know, doesn't live up to the hype. One's going to be a nine route. I, I know Lamar was unhappy losing his buddy right. from South Florida, 
there, but it might have been a good thing for the Ravens because, uh, you know, when you get to like winners and losers of the draft, which sometimes is kind of a futile ex- exercise, be, I yes. think, because we don't know what the real grades are until about five to seven years from now. But it looks like the Ravens had a really another good draft again, despite the fact that they were in the middle pretty much every round. But back to Arizona. Yeah, now it is going to have to be Hollywood Brown because if you look at your receivers, they let Christian Kirk go. He got $72 million down there in Jacksonville over four years. So now without Hopkins, it's going to be your three starting receivers are A.J. Green, who, you know, maybe can give you a little bit of something, but he's not the A.J. Green of old in Cincinnati or he'd still be in Cincinnati. That's right. So you've got Hollywood Brown and then you've got – Rondale Moore. Now, I actually like Arizona's like secondary or tertiary receivers a little bit more. The guys underneath, the guys like Rondale Moore, the guys like Andy Isabella who played at UMass, uh, Greg Dorch at Wake Forest. I like those guys underneath, and that may be where Arizona is going to have to move the football a little bit more because I don't think necessarily opposing secondaries are scared of a tandem of A.J. Green and Hollywood Brown. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously a horse of a different color in that situation. And look, they still got to work out things with Kyler Murray and still got to come come to a head. I'm sure, you know, Murray seemed like he was very happy about the trade of getting Hollywood Brown, but six games and that could really put you behind the eight ball. We're not going to know the schedule, by the way, until next Thursday, May 12th is when it's going to come out. But you know, if that schedule is front loaded for Arizona and all of a sudden, you know, you play those six games without Hopkins and you're sitting there two and four and maybe you've got the Rams at five and one and you're already three games back because the Rams, I think, are, are the really the overwhelming favorite to go ahead and win that division. Uh, not necessarily overwhelming. I shouldn't say 49ers not too far back, but this is a 49er team that's essentially starting a rookie quarterback yeah. in Trey Lance, even though it's really a second year. But the Rams, I think, are the clear favorite. They pretty much bring that core back. They've added to that core. They out as Odell Beckham, in as Allen Robinson. So you got to think that the Rams, you know, are positioned or rightfully positioned to run it back. So Arizona, this is yet another blow for a team that historically starts the seasons very well. And then kind of fades down the stretch. That's been Cliff Kingsbury's uh, modus operandi since he was a college coach. I just cannot believe you can get the Rams right now plus money to win that division. After the news at Arizona, we know what Seattle is doing right now to rebuild, right? Drew Locke right now is going to be their, their starting quarterback. The Niners, as you mentioned with Trey Lance, are going to turn the keys over to him. We still don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy G. But it looks like he's going to be exiting stage left at some point. Cardinals right now feel like the mess that we just discussed plus $1.50. And and look, I get it. Normally there's, you know, you get complacent after winning the Super Bowl. Right. And that's the reason why I probably am not ready to jump in yet on the Rams, because that's so hard. Like you mentioned to run, to run that back. Historically, it doesn't, doesn't it's like when you get that ring, you know, it's like, there's a sense of complacency. There's a sense of contentment Mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, we got our ring. Now we can just kind of flip the switch. And I don't know if you necessarily saw that in Tampa Bay this year. Tampa Bay did get to the divisional round where they got beaten by the Rams down there in Tampa. A nice comeback from the Rams in that game. But you kind of see that, you know, that complacency where you got your ring because there's so many guys that never get that ring. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we got one. Yeah, we'd like to get another one and we're going to try, but it's like, 
there's just that edge sometimes that's missing. And it's interesting, too, because like we just saw Jay Wright uh, walk away from Villanova after getting back to the Final Four, and he said the reason why he stepped away is he knew he didn't have the same edge that he normally had. I wonder if the coaching staff, too, was Sean McVay, because there were rumors about McVay yeah, possibly Yeah, I was just thinking about that, because right? I was like, right after the Super Bowl, oh, he was there gonna... was a possibility that Aaron Donald, hey, yeah. maybe I'm going to retire. Sean, Sean McVay is going to do TV. Monday Night Football. So now all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're going to put it all back together because that's how the Rams are constructed right right now. It's like eventually, and they went less need and the whole organization, they went all in with who they acquired and trading all those picks to get Matthew Stafford Mm -hmm. and whatnot. They were going to be a veteran team tying up the money in terms of just a few players, the Ramseys of the world and Von Miller, even though Von Miller now in Buffalo. So they have made some changes, but it's basically, by and large, the same team coming back. I want to look back at some of the uh, conference odds in the NFC again. And one other, a uh, couple other notable moves that we saw. So, slight drift for the, the Packers. They go from $5 to $6. The Cowboys, small drift, $7 to $8. Okay, we talked about the Cardinals. That was a big drop to 2000 from 1500 Look at the Eagles and the Saints. My goodness. Look at the Saints cut in half. The number got cut in half to, to, to 15, and you see the same thing for the Eagles to 15 to 1. Again, we're going to have uh, Sean Brace on in hour number two, so we'll talk more about the Eagles specifically there. The Saints, are you ready? I mean, that is a huge jump and cut. And look, I get it. They've gotten better. And Jameis Winston had a, a solid record as a starter before he got hurt. But do you really believe in that division with Tampa Bay? that the Saints not only are ready to compete in the division, but let alone in the conference? I, I think that's a little bit of an overreaction in terms of the cut. And, I, and I, look, I like what the Saints did in the draft. Yeah. I like getting uh, Chris Olave. They are getting Michael Thomas back. Now, is Michael Thomas going to be engaged now that Sean Payton has gone to television and it's going to be Dennis Allen where he comes back and he feels like he has a fresh start and Dennis mm. Allen's like, okay, man, Clean slate, you know, we're going to start over again. They added Chris Olave. They did add Trevor Penning in the first round, left tackle out of Northern Iowa. So this is a pretty good offensive line, even though they did lose Armstead to free agency in Miami. They are going to go with Winston, where maybe Winston doesn't feel like he has to be looking over his shoulder because I don't think Dennis Allen has the loyalty or the want to to really, you know, pigeonhole Taysom Hill into that starting quarterback role where I think Sean Payton might have got a little stubborn. So they are going to go with Jameis here, uh, retooling the defense. Dennis Allen, of course, the defensive coordinator. So he's a defense first guy. They did just sign Honey Badger yesterday. He's going to be their starting strong safety. So I think the Saints maybe could get a little bit of a bounce back, but I think being cut in half, uh, probably a little much. Seems like a little bit much. And again, you can understand why the Eagles, uh, with their big uh, draft day acquisition of A.J. Brown, why now there's a very uh, high level of excitement in the city of Brotherly Shove. So again, we'll talk with uh, Sean Brace in the second hour about that, because I do think right now you can understand why. And their number got cut a little bit in the NFC East as well uh, to potentially challenge the Cowboys for supremacy in that division. So we'll talk all about that a little bit later on. We will do the AFC as well in hour number two. But when we come back here, we're going to go to our guy in New York City. He is the king of New York. He is Will Hill. Break down everything going on in that city that never sleeps. And right now the Metropolitans and Yankees looking pretty darn good at the beginning of their seasons and also talk NBA playoffs with Will. So come on back with us. It is the Lombardi Line right here on Visa the Sports Betting Network.
CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Discover BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $200 if you place a $10 wager on any NBA playoff game and either team hits a three-pointer regardless of your bet's outcome. Just use the bonus code VEASAN200 when you place your first bet to take advantage of this offer. Enjoy the playoffs more than ever with BetMGM. Eligibility restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi or Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And Wes, the king of New York, is Will Hill. Does a great job with the New York City cast that we have here at VEASAN. But I wonder, when you go into May and both the Mets and Yankees are in first place, that doesn't happen very often, okay? And then you have the NFL draft, and both the Jets and the Giants have quote-unquote good drafts. That doesn't happen very often. Mm -hmm. So, Will, what's the bigger surprise, that both the Mets and Yanks are in first or that the Jets and Giants had drafts that New Yorkers actually liked? 
Boy, it's a great question. I, I thought the Giants and Jets, like you said, they had good drafts, well received. I thought they got a little too much credit. I talked about talked about it yesterday on the podcast. I had Mike Gold Jr. on. They got a little too much credit. When you got two top ten picks, like the Giants were picking five and seven, Jets are picking four and ten. Look, you're you're gonna come away with some good players unless you pick like a punter and a long snapper. I mean, any sort of combination there, you know, is gonna be pretty good. Now the Giants had some good fortune. You know, Thibodeau, who a lot of people thought would be number one back in what, November, December, he falls to five. Evan Neal, who was favored to go one at some point, mm-hmm. he falls to seven. So some of it just kind of fell in the lap. But hey, Rome wasn't built in a day. Good good uh good night for both of those teams. As far as the baseball, look, I'm not shocked. Though. I think the one thing that's a little surprising, Mets really haven't missed a Grom. Now, that was a tough one last night. You really would have liked to, you know, separate yourself a little bit from the Braves, have a nice series here. That one kind of got away. They were up 2 nothing, couldn't finish the job. Uh, Yankees are improved. Look, I, I don't know that you're shocked by either one. It's just, uh, I know this, the Subway Series games between the Yankees and Mets this summer are going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> well, uh, back to the NFL really quickly, because I was going to ask you, who do you think maybe fared better of the two teams? Because I, I like the point that you brought up, because the media refrain was like, oh, man, these guys absolutely won the draft. And and look, I think that they did some good things in terms of filling needs. But it's kind of uh, interesting to see the media refrain praising the Jets and the Giants, and yet some of the like analytics, like the PFF guys are like, I don't really think their draft was that good. They traded up for a running back for God's sakes. And that's absolutely a no, no, I guess in 2022. So of the two teams, jets or the G men, who do you think had the better draft? Um, I'll go with the jets just cause they had more picks. I mean, you could really pick, you know, flip a coin. Uh, I'll say this as much as everyone's raving about the draft. All right, put your money where your mouth is. Go bet the jets over five and a half wins. Right, if you love it so much, right, go right. bet the giants over seven wins. Are you dying to do that? I'm not now. Maybe, you know, we know how these drafts work two, three, four year, you know, years down the road. Maybe uh, it has an effect. Um, but in terms of the near future, which look is better. So we're just worried about, you know, this year. Uh, does it really move the needle for you? It doesn't for me. If anything, I like the jets under, maybe this keeps me off of it. Maybe, but look, that's a brutal conference they're in with, you know, we know how good the AFC West is. Uh, you know, the Browns get Watson, the Bengals were in the super bowl, the Ravens who people forget they were eight and three in the one seat pretty late in the year before that things fell apart for them. Uh, New England made the playoffs. They have a young quarterback. Miami got Tyree kill go down on and on. The bills are probably pound for pound, you know, maybe the best team. So uh, it's still an uphill climb for both these teams. Yeah, everybody's talking about the Jets now challenging the Patriots right now. And I'm, I'm like, wait, yeah. what? Like that division right now, the Dolphins clearly have gotten better. We'll yes. find out about Tua Tungvaluwa. But it looks good on paper, but I'm with you guys. There's no way I'm running to the window now and playing future totals here on the Jets going forward. We'll find out about the Giants here uh, as we get ready for uh, for football season here in a couple months. But, Will, let's go back to baseball here very quickly. Double dip for the Mets. I'm glad we're back to regulation rules. going to play all nine innings. I can't believe it here in two games today against the Braves. Uh, how do you handicap double dips here? Is there a strategy that you have, Will, where you go, all right, normally you get a split. That's normally the way these things work out. How do you handicap? cap this double dip with the Metropolitans and the Braves today. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of these double headers because remember they canceled the first week and they still, you know, crammed 162 games in. So we're going to see a bunch of these. Remember the Mets played the giants in a double header. I think it was two or three weeks ago. One, both of them did a nice job. Uh, like you said, usually you just, you know, you get a split and you move on. I think if you're the Mets, you sign up for a split because these pitching matchups really aren't in your favor. You know, Morton versus Carrasco. Now I know Morton is getting older, hasn't pitched well. Maybe he's not fully recovered from the broken leg. I think that's all a fair concern, but still Morton versus Carrasco. You probably favor Morton there, even though the Mets are favored in the game. And then 
Uh, the nightcap, I still think, is Kyle Wright versus Peterson. Wright's throwing the ball tremendously well for Atlanta. So uh, I think if you're the Mets, if you can just get one of these two games and get out of here, you'd be happy. You did a lot of good. You built up a lot of equity these first three weeks if you're the Mets. Uh, like I said, tough loss last night. You don't want to give it all back here because I still think if anyone's going to steal this division from you, if you're the Mets, it's the Braves, even though uh, Philly and Miami are ahead of them. You don't want to let let them make up you know, three games in 24 hours here. At least get a split here and you know, kind of keep the Braves at bay. Will, uh, Yankees extended their streak to 10 in a row, and I'm not talking about John Sterling missed home run calls uh, in 10 straight games, but 10 wins for the pinstripers. Glaber Torres gets the RBI in the ninth. They get the 3-2 win. It's going to be uh, Tyone on the mound tonight against Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa, 4-0 in his four starts so far this year, 144 ERA, 373 on the XFIP, so maybe regression coming. Uh, what do you think? Do you think the Blue Jays stopped the pinstripe streak tonight? Yeah, I like Manoa. I know, like you mentioned, there is probably some regression coming from Manoa, but boy, he's a young pitcher with tremendous stuff and probably an early, you know, sort of candidate here for Cy Young, even though, like you said, there's, there's regression coming at some point, uh, him and his team at Gossman. I don't know if you guys have seen Gossman's numbers. Man. I think he's got 50 strikeouts, zero walks, zero homers allowed. I know the ball's dead and you know, nobody can hit the ball basically out of the infield with this baseball, but uh, that's still pretty impressive. Uh, I would lean towards Toronto tonight. Uh, just because I do think they have a slight edge in, you know, the, uh, in the pitching matchup lineups are about equal. Maybe you favor Toronto a little bit. Uh, if you're the Yankees, you can make this maybe a bullpen game and try to steal it that way. But, you know, they did use Loisega last night. They used uh, Clay Holmes for over an inning. Who's, you know, might be their best reliever. They've got some, some good bullpen guys. Their bullpen is really deep uh, for the Yankees. So I would lean here towards Toronto. You know, it's interesting about the, the, the dead and baseballs here. You look at the total at seven and a half. Do you expect that again? Just the way these teams have been, you, when you see a total like that by the Yankees and the blue Jays, Unbelievable. it screams over it's mm -hmm. seven and a half will they're double dog daring you to take the over yeah for i totally agree it would be over or pass for me yeah and so that just seems like the only way you'd be able to play that here uh but again the dead in baseball is really leading to lack of offense here so far and they're really going in major league baseball uh let's get back to the nba playoffs tonight very quickly and i, I do wonder uh the buzz right now obviously with brooklyn out and you move on here with milwaukee against boston will what do you what do you think is going to transpire tonight in game two because obviously Giannis wasn't even peak Giannis, and they won relatively easily in game number one. Yeah, I don't play a whole lot of systems, but one I do sort of subscribe to is when the road team steals game one, I fade them in game two. I just think there's a level of satisfaction for the team that already got their split on the road. I think there's a level of desperation for the home team. Look, if, they, if you're Boston, this is uh, the word must win. The term must win gets thrown around. This is a must win tonight. If you lose this game, you're, you're not going to win this series uh, in all likelihood. So I did lay a little on the Celtics money line. It's up to minus 200. Now I don't love that. Uh, if you're looking for another bet, I like the Bucks team total under. I think there's 105 and a half, maybe some 106s out there. Uh, you mentioned Giannis didn't have a great game against Boston, even though he kind of got his numbers. I think Boston is uniquely qualified to deal with Giannis. Uh, they have Horford, who's always done a really good job against them. They have a bunch of defenders who are long, athletic. You know, whether it's Horford, Robert Williams, Grant Williams, Tatum, they can bother Milwaukee. And I think their strategy is going to be pretty simple. It's going to be wall off the rim. Don't let them, you know put their head down and get to the basket, make them shoot long contested threes and just kind of live with the results. So uh, I would expect Boston to come to bounce back here. I think we're looking at probably a, a pretty long series here.
Will, got about a minute left to go. Let's get to the second game tonight, Golden State and Memphis. It seemed like the Warriors were swimming upstream pretty much the entire game. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. The, their big guns really didn't shoot the ball very well. Draymond got ejected. But do you think that, okay, Golden State took Memphis's best shot and they were still able to win, or do you think that there's still a little bounce back here in the Grizzlies? I'm going to go with the same theory. I think Memphis gets this one. If they don't get this one, they're probably going to get swept. I still think Memphis has some advantages in terms of athleticism, size. The Warriors are playing a really small lineup with all these guards. So, and Golden State still has a propensity to turn the basketball over and get sloppy in terms of that. So, uh, I would expect Memphis to, you know, even the series one-one. I, I think regardless, the Warriors are probably going to win this series. You know, if Golden State were to win tonight, it's a sweep. Memphis wins tonight, maybe you get drag it out to five or six. But I think we're looking at a hell of a conference finals in Golden. State versus Phoenix. That will be a tremendous series. Got to follow him on Twitter as I do it. Not the Will Hill and check out the New York City cast. By the way, very quickly, is New York City still the, the center of the sports atmosphere or is Las Vegas taking over that crown after the NFL draft? Boy, it's a, it's a great question. It, that's, a, that's a coin flip. That's minus 110 either way. <laughs> There he is, everybody. Will Hill, always appreciate your time and information as always. When we come back, let's delve deeper into the NFL Rookies of the Year on the offensive defensive side and see the numbers that might correlate. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here in Easton, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta. CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.